Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official Smash Brothers podcast. I mean, Tempcast, episode number seven. Today, I'm joined by Eric. Hello, friends. And special guest, Steven. Hey, everybody. And they call me the Alan John. Now, you might have noticed I refer to Steven as our special guest. And it's no coincidence that just a couple of hours ago, well... Not a couple of hours ago, about 24 hours ago, if you think about it. That's not a couple, that's an entire day. Steven, well, Steve, was announced for Smash Brothers. That's right, Steve, from Minecraft, was announced as a new fighter in Smash Brothers, the Nintendo game with mostly Nintendo characters. That's right, Steve, the little blocky dude from Minecraft, is going to be fighting against characters such as Link, Mario, Zelda. Wait, is Zelda in Smash Brothers? Is yes. Zelda oh, big time. Character? <laughs> All right. Uh, Ganondorf, uh, Mega Man, Sonic, and Snake, and Tingle. Tingle, of course. <laughs> and Steve is going to be there. And wow, what a shock that was. I, I'm not even... A Smash Brothers player. The only Smash game I played was uh, Smash 64, and I was testing out an, an N64 emulator on my phone. That was the only time I played Smash, and you know I've been keeping up with the news, just getting into the hype, because the hype is unreal before these announcements. And I watched that announcement, that live mini direct, whatever it's called, yesterday, and uh, I saw the chat reactions. Wow. I don't think anybody really expected this. Uh, do you guys have any opinions before I get deep into this topic? Well, I just want to say I'm very proud of our good friend Steven for finally being in Smash Brothers and then taking the time to actually join us on this podcast the very next day. So thank you, Steven, for that. Uh, I am a little disappointed that it was not a... Uh, Fire Emblem character. I feel like that series hasn't gotten a whole lot of representation in Smash Bros. Um, but, you know, they have a little bit here and there, so that's okay. I don't have very strong opinions about Steve from Minecraft being in it, honestly, because uh, I don't really care. It seems like a character that, that does fit in with the series in general. I... I'm very happy to see that people are fighting about it because that's really what Smash Bros players do is argue every single time there's a new character. So I'm just really happy to see that Smash players are very happy or very upset about this. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's basically where I'm at with it too. I, uh, I, the only strong opinion I have about it is, is in response to the people that are really angry about it. <laughs> Cause, uh, I don't know. I think he's a good pick for a character. I, I mean, I realize he was kind of a meme and he started out as a stupid jokey thing. But at the end of the day, Minecraft is one of the most successful video games of all time. And I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in Smash. And I mean, honestly, his moveset does look kind of interesting. There's a lot of weird stuff you can do with him. So I'm into it. I think a lot of the reason why people are upset about it are the people who just hate Minecraft because kids like Minecraft. So... But kids shouldn't be liking Smash Bros because that's a big boy game. I don't know. I, I just feel like people 
are mad that he's from Minecraft. I don't really understand because, like you said, his moveset seems unique. Like, you could do some pretty cool things with him. So I think that he fits in at least as well as Piranha Plant did. Yeah, it's it's just people hating things that are popular. It's the same thing as, you know, the unwarranted hate on Fortnite, say. Like, just anything that's popular is going to get trashed by certain people. Is there really that much hate? Because what I saw was just people being really, really surprised about this announcement. I, I didn't see much hate. Uh, I saw some hate in the uh, GBA temp thread, yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. makes sense. I came from where you were, though. I was surprised. I didn't expect it, mainly just, I don't know, I guess it was too much of a meme, I guess. And But it's, I don't know, I, I really, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm excited to play him. I don't feel too strongly one way or another about him, to be totally honest. Where was your thoughts on it? Well, here's the thing. I'm not a Smash player. I don't really care, but I like the hype. I like the memes around it. Uh, and, you know, usually... Before you get this kind of announcement, before a fighter is revealed, you get a lot of memes like uh, Heavy from Team Fortress 2 is now in Smash or, you know, like uh, Master Chief or Freddy Fazbear from FNAF, whatever. Steve from Minecraft was a meme. That was a total meme. Nobody seriously expected it. It's on par with Sans from Undertale. And Sans actually got into Smash, but not as a fighter, but as a trophy or whatever. I don't know. He's a costume you can put on your Mii Fighters. Oh, that's oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you could actually literally play as Sans. Yeah. That's actually cool. It's interesting, too, because the other Mii Fighter costumes, like you can still see you know, the Mii's face. It looks like a Mii wearing an outfit, whereas Sans just looks like Sans. Like there's no... You wouldn't, if you just saw footage of him fighting, you wouldn't be able to tell it's a me fighter. Sans Undertale. Yeah. So with this presentation, it ended really interestingly with uh, Sakurai just scratching his chin and thinking just like us, like, what the f*** was that? Steve yeah. from Minecraft in Smash Brothers? How, do, how does that even work? But Okay. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. Now, you might not believe me, but the instant, if you watch the trailer, then it starts off with uh, Sonic punching Mario off the stage and Mario uh, gets thrown through some some wall into some cave. Yep. The instant Mario gets through that wall and the hole is made out of two squares, I knew it. Oh, yeah? That it was Steve. <laughs> I knew it. Because... Only in Minecraft could holes be squares. I knew it instantly. Like, and then you hear like the sounds in caves, like the, <laughs> the sounds that yeah. zombies make, the skeleton sounds. Oh, dude, that was surreal seeing Mario in that kind of environment. That's a that's a meme right there. You know, reality doesn't even make sense anymore. Are you telling me that holes can't be squares? <laughs> that's the only thing I, I got out of that it's like <laughs> holes can be squares I'm, I'm just saying They're Mario isn't squares. a square Mario isn't a square so how would he make a square hole oh no I, I guess you're right but I <laughs> it's just the way you said it's like only in Minecraft are holes squares it's like except, <laughs> no <laughs> but I know what you Alan mean John, 
he never had those toys when you're like four where you have to put the you know round fucking peg in the round hole and the square peg in the yeah, square I hole. always failed those things <laughs> I, I didn't get much into them he couldn't see the square one <laughs> Like, this is impossible. How could a hole be square? <laughs> what sorcery is this? Oh, I'm sorry. I derailed. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> no, the uh, the Smash trailer. I think those... I'll, really, a lot of these uh, Smash trailers have been really good for weird, surreal moments like that. Like you said, seeing, you know, a fully 3D rendered Mario in that Minecraft environment. A lot of these Smash trailers have been really good for that. And... Uh, I don't know. I didn't put it together as quickly as you. I didn't really put it together until I saw, like, the two blocks get knocked down to make the little door for Steve to come in. And then, like you said, it even plays off the meme a little bit, because him and my Mario do just stare at each other for, like, a <laughs> yeah. good ten seconds or five or something. They're just like, what the f*** am I looking at? What even is this? Mario's like, wait, why, why this guy? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> he really is just baffled, and... Yeah, I don't know. Nintendo's good at trolling its audience like that. Like, the Banjo-Kazooie one had a brilliant troll back in it, uh, where they were teasing that it was going to be Banjo-Kazooie because you'd see, like, an animal with a bird on its back, and then it ended up being the Duck Hunt Dog. <laughs> like, you could see the silhouette, and then it was the Duck Hunt Dog, and he did his little, like, trolley laugh thing, and then they got kicked out of the way by Banjo and Kazooie, and then it led into the actual trailer. <laughs> yeah. They're good at stuff like that. Just wait until you see that Keyblade. My boy Sora's coming to Smash. I'm telling you. It's entirely possible. It is. Like, now everything, anything's possible. Master Chief is possible. Gordon Freeman is possible. Yeah. Doom Slayer, it's possible. God, I would actually love to see Doom Slayer. Kratos. Kratos, maybe, but I doubt it. <laughs> I see, I, I still like there to be some Nintendo pedigree here. Like, Cloud back in the day is, like, Final Fantasy Seven hadn't been on a uh, Nintendo console at that point, but as but like Final Fantasy has a big Nintendo pedigree, and Cloud is probably the most recognizable character from Final Fantasy, so that makes sense. I would say Doom Slayer makes sense, because, you know, they were huge on the Super Nintendo back in the day. Like, obviously Minecraft is big on the Switch and the Wii U. Like, I don't know. I People seem to get upset if it's not a hardcore Nintendo character or something, but I still think they have this connection to Nintendo that is just as valid as anyone else. I will say Cloud was on a Nintendo system prior to... Uh... Him being in Smash. Was he in Chain of Memories? He was in Chain of Memories. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so he, he so that's your Kingdom Hearts rep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, you're not, you're no, not, gonna, not exactly. You're not going to get Sora. You're not going to get Sora. What's his name? Sora? Sora. Sorrow, Sora. yeah. Sorrow. Sorrow from Metal Gear Solid 3. Sorrow <laughs> in Smash. Oh man, I would love to play as some of those guys. Yeah the end well what you said steven about the nintendo characters what other nintendo characters are there left for smash uh, i mean i wouldn't say there's many that are that have a huge impact really like there's i think gino who's i guess technically a square enix character is probably the biggest uh nintendo character people are still wanting him or paper mario maybe who's gino gino is uh he was, he's Mario's brother. He's another Italian plumber, I think. <laughs> he's, uh, he was from Mario RPG back in the day. Really? Yeah, he was a little doll that came to life. He's only, as far as I know, he's only ever been in Super Mario RPG, um, which I love. I played that game over and over when I was a kid. So, like, I've been excited for him for a long time, but I don't think he's going to happen. He was a uh, Mii costume in 4 and a spirit in this new one. And uh, Mii fighters have become 
full-fledged fighters in the past, but no spirits have ever been fighters. So I don't think he's going to end up being a, a DLC fighter, unfortunately. But like, yeah, it's him, like Paper Mario maybe, but we're really, it's mostly going to be third-party characters from here on out, I think. Because, uh, well, of the, how many have been released so far? Eight have been announced of the DLC fighters, and only Piranha Plant, the Fire Emblem rep, and the Arms rep have been Nintendo characters. Everyone else has been third-party. I think there's one OG Nintendo character left that they could put in Smash. Just one. Could you guess who? No one comes to mind. I've been trying to guess who. I can't think of who. This is like an OG character. Everybody knows him. Everybody. Even your grandmother and your mom and your dad. Guess. No one. No one comes to mind. Well, you call yourself gamers, but... You don't know this guy? Uh, wow. It's the L block from Tetris. Ah, uh, that was, I was going to say that. Yes. Yes, because then he could fight. With, wait, how do you know about Tetris if squares can't be, if holes can't be squares? What? 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 Yeah, because you could form a square hole. <laughs> Yeah, but that's Tetris. That's not real life. I just want to point out that uh, spirits cannot be fighters, as I previously stated, and the L block is a spirit in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> is it really? Uh, is it, it is, yep. So uh, I hate to disprove your theory, Alan John. Also, assist trophies cannot be uh, fighters, so the uh, paddles and the ball from Pong also cannot com become a fighter. I hate this. I hate this game. <laughs> Dude, but could you imagine the, the, the final smash for the pawn in the, in the ball? That would be so cool. It'd just be knocking everybody off the stage. That would be pretty fun, actually. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. You know, what kind of rage would there be if this was actually the last fighter they showed? If this was fighter number six and it's everybody's expecting like Dante, Sora, whatever... Uh, Travis Scott, or what was the guy? <laughs> Travis <from>? Scott, <laughs> not, not Travis Scott, but <laughs> Michael Scott. From, no, not Michael Scott. Travis something. He's touchdown. from uh, touchdown. No More Heroes. Travis yeah, touchdown. Travis touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> Travis Scott. Oh, Travis Scott is a possibility as well. He was in Fortnite. So. Oh, was he really? Oh, yeah, the Fortnite. The fort. The default Fortnite characters could be in Smash. It's entirely possible. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I would have the same position that I do with uh, Minecraft Steve, which is that, like, you know what? Like, it's a popular game. It's maybe a bit more flash in the pan than Minecraft has proven. We don't know yet. But, like, I wouldn't have an issue with mine, with uh, default Fortnite going in there. You know who would have an issue with Fortnite being in there? Uh, Apple and Google. But that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. How about we do this? How about we make predictions on who the next smash fighter is gonna be how about we start with eric because i think i know who he's picking <laughs> who do oh um krillin i think it's gonna be krillin from dragon ball <laughs> come on uh kid krillin specifically come on stop trolling us no i i genuinely don't know i do not think actually that sora is gonna be in it i i don't think so well are you uh alan john said he doesn't play are you like a smash player i know you don't have a switch but have you played a lot of the other ones yes i've played a lot of um brawl and i played okay. some melee but also i do play ultimate enough to be considered a casual at it because i play it at my friend's place a lot but i generally play as 
Bowser, where I let everybody beat themselves up, and then I grab them and throw them off the stage as a suicide bomb. Uh, so bomb. you're you're that yeah, guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, you and D Ganondorf mains. So you're just the worst. Yeah, sometimes I play as Cloud, where I stand far away and charge up the sword and just run up to people and stab them. So um, yeah, you're, those are my two awful. my two boys. Oh, <laughs> I also play as uh, King Dedede because he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just the big boys. So <laughs> who just throw things from the other end of the stage or grab people and suicide bomb them? Yeah, I'm like these guys are better than me, but they're also not focusing on me. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna vibe over here, stay posted up. I'm one of those guys that I mainly play like one v ones with one of my friends and like. Oh, I can't do that. I I I would say I've played. Aside from 64, actually maybe not even that one, I've played Ultimate the least out of all the Smash Bros. games, and I think I have close to 300 hours in it. <laughs> I play... Wow. I mean, it's just something I've always done with my friends is to just, like, pour ludicrous amounts of hours into Smash. So, I am very into Smash Bros. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't get to finish your prediction. I just wanted to get a sense of where everyone is with the series. Oh, yeah, no, I was just gonna say I actually don't have a prediction. I... Don't think Sora would do it. Um, I'm a little worn out of all of the uh, swordsmen and women. So, swordsmen, swordswomen. So, so it's so it's either <laughs> Krillin or that's it. I, I can't. I, I genuinely can't think of anybody. Why would you think Krillin would be in Smash before Goku? <laughs> um, Goku's too OP. <laughs> there's not enough bald representation in in Smash Bros. There's not. There's not. So actually, we're gonna get Krillin and Tien and Piccolo and <laughs> and Nappa and there's a lot of bald people in that show. And Master Roshi. Is Akira Toriyama bald? Is he? No, he's not. George Costanza, Larry David. <laughs> yeah. Larry David and Smash. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, no, my, my predictions are all memes. Nobody cares about that. Uh, what Rick is... Rick Moranis, we know we can take a punch. We, yeah, we do. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but specifically his Dark Helmet. For those who don't know, uh, a couple of hours ago, Rick Moranis in New York was punched in the face. And then someone dropped a smash invitation letter on his chest and ran away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the wax seal. <laughs> he was punched by Mario, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed oh, to fly boy. through a, he was supposed to fly off into a wall and end up in Minecraft land but it didn't happen yeah he just laid it on the ground and like a, like a square opened under underneath him and, and Alan John was like wait what is this yeah he was like this is clearly a deep fake and there's no such thing as a square hole <laughs> uh, Stephen what do you predict <laughs> um I honestly don't know. The Smash characters have been so out of left field. Like, I guess for everyone who's not following it, it's been uh, Joker, who was in a spin-off Persona game on the 3DS, so, like, he's technically been on Nintendo console. It was Hero from Dragon Quest, who's probably a decent pick. Banjo-Kazooie, who's been one of the, like, big ones that everyone's wanted for ages. And then uh, Terry from Fatal Fury, I believe, which... Uh, was again like it's just such an out there random pick that nobody was ever talking about like it seems to be a combination of obscure picks that no one would expect and complete memes and with i guess banjo kazooie and hero a little bit of wish fulfillment for the fans so like the only thing i could go for because also like minecraft steve and sans have been big memes they've been wanted for for a long time by the fans so like 
Nintendo does seem to be listening to an extent. They did that Smash poll uh, near the end of the Smash Wii U's life cycle um, for its DLC. So, like, I guess the only prediction I could make is, like, maybe they are going to do a lot of the big ones that fans want, like Geno or Paper Mario, but I or Sora even, because there is a big contingent of people that want that. But, like, I honestly have no idea where to go with this from here on out. Like, it's really impossible to tell. They've been all over the place with their picks so far. But it makes each reveal super exciting, honestly. Like, I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, you can't predict it. No, you can't. Alan John, what about you? You're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to say this completely seriously. Master Chief. Now, he's not going to be announced as fighter number three or four, possibly five. I mean, who else but Master Chief, really? We know that Microsoft is friendly with Nintendo. They, they've given them the rights to have Banjo-Kazooie in smash and steve from minecraft and microsoft owns minecraft so and uh the vault boy from uh fallout he now they didn't own him at the time but that is technically another microsoft representative in smash now i just thought of two actual predictions but i'll let you finish if you think about it master chief would work as a smash character because he's got like the energy sword he could be like a sword character and he could have like a special attack using his rifle, maybe throw some grenades. I think, I think it works. So yeah, that's my prediction. I think he could work too, honestly. I think you would get a massive backlash from the like Nintendo purists, but like, I don't know. I don't really care. He's a big video game character. If Smash wants to become a place to celebrate video games in general and not just Nintendo characters, I'd be okay with that. I don't, I don't necessarily expect it. I think if they were going to go for a Master Chief type character, it would be... The Doom Slayer first, because, well, Microsoft owns that now, too. Although, I'm sure all these characters are already shaken out, but uh, before that acquisition happened, maybe in the next Smash game we'll get Doom Slayer. But, I don't know. It's uh, it's really interesting. So, I think that there's a possibility uh, that it could be Crash Bandicoot, since we were talking about um, other properties, but Crash seems more of a another one of those wishful thinking things like Banjo-Kazooie, where it's like, Actually, his moves could work in it. Spyro could also work, but I really think that Crash Bandicoot, which has its... That gives you the sort of Sony-esque representation, but also having that connection with Nintendo and being just the mascot character. I think that that would be pretty cool. And uh, was that both? Was Crash and Spyro yours? Or did you Crash and one? Spyro, but mostly Crash. I actually... I kind of talked myself into the Doom Slayer a little bit because with the Fallout character... That would have been Bethesda whenever Nintendo made that arrangement, and obviously Bethesda owns um, Doom as well, so I wouldn't be surprised if they went to them to work out a deal for the Doom Slayer and had the little Vault Boy uh, thing come in at the same time. So maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see Doom Slayer at this point, and I think he would be a good fit. Like, obviously they would have to tone him down, like, you know, the violence, <laughs> but... uh. I think that would be cool, and I would love to see him, even if it was just to have a Smash stage that I could play Rip and Tear on. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> There's that one other little thing with, uh, especially like, oh man, the remix, that they would come up with it, because they remix a lot of these songs too. That would be so fucking good. But uh, there's one other little thing I wanted to talk about. There was a dude who used to be at Mojang. Uh, he's, I, I should look it up, because I, I can't remember exactly who he is. Is he Notch? He's not Notch. <laughs> he was talking because he was talking about it on Twitter, and I believe Notch deleted his Twitter, didn't he? But this guy was saying that the uh, talks for Steve to be in Smash Bros. started as early as 2014. They've been 
trying to hash this out for ages. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, there. I've heard rumors of uh, the Ender Dragon, uh, the Ender Dragon being like in Smash or something like that as a, like a a boss stage or whatever. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I just thought that was really interesting because we, we we only sort of touched on it, but uh, in the little video afterwards that Sakurai did, he did sort of seem like this wasn't really his decision, and he basically spent three minutes complaining about how hard it was to make yeah. <laughs> to make Steve work in mine or in uh, in Smash Bros. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they went back that far. I wonder if that was working out rights things or you know financial deals, or if it was Sakurai pushing back and not wanting to do it. Or if he agreed to it early on, or if he just and he just needed that much time to make it work, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I thought that was interesting that they've been talking about it for that long. Yeah, I was surprised that Sakurai even plays Minecraft. Like he showed us like his Minecraft world, his house, and stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. He even said that he enjoys playing survival more than creative mode. Which yeah. was surprising for me. Yeah, totally. Um, he's talked about that in a few of these. Uh, like when he did... Actually, I don't know if he did one of these live streams for Joker. No, because he got announced at the Game Awards. But I know there was an interview or something after Joker came out where he talked about how much he enjoyed playing Persona 5. And like he's... For a lot of these, he has talked about his experience with the games. Uh, I'm not sure if he did with uh, Banjo-Kazooie. But yeah, he's... I mean, he seems to be an active video game player, which is kind of cool, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on to other news in the gaming world, Cyberpunk 2077, a game that has been delayed constantly in the past couple of years, has finally a solid release date on November 19th, if I recall correctly. And recently, the head of the development team announced that, indeed, the developers will be crunching this game until it's re released so basically working overtime despite the fact that they said that they will try to not do that and that they're categorically against crunching so um do you guys have any opinion on this or just cyberpunk 2077 or cd project red for that matter uh, I'm a big fan of CD Projekt Red in general because they own GOG, which we talked about briefly last week, but I'm a big fan of because I like, you know, big releases getting DRM-free uh, stuff. So I, in general, I like their company and I, I really haven't played a lot of their games, though obviously everyone has nothing but good things to say about The Witcher. When it comes to the crunch thing, I don't know. I, it's a more complicated situation than I think most people will give it credit for because a lot of people hear that and they assume that it's only just starting but there have been reports of people being in crunch for years now on cyberpunk or like maybe wow. they'll do a few months on and then a few months off and then not off completely but off from crunch still working full weeks and then they'll go into like 80 and 100 hour weeks for a few months and then go back to a normal 40 hour week and i don't know it's uh it's a complicated issue it's i don't know eric do you want to touch on it before we before I ramble for too long. <laughs> no, I think I concur with everything that you said. Uh, CD Projekt Red is one of those companies that are game companies that everybody loves, and then and then something happens, and then people turn on them. Like Naughty Dog, to me, can do no wrong until they do wrong. I used to th I, back in the day, I thought, oh man, Ubisoft can do no wrong. Oops. <laughs> uh, so they do wrong now, but uh, CD Projekt Red. It's one of those things where 
you know, every every time something bad happens now, everybody's going to turn on them. Uh, as for crunch time, I think that it's expected. I'm not at all surprised. I don't have very strong opinions about it. I just hope that the workers are able to go to sleep at night and and get money and be healthy. And that's what I care about is their physical and mental health throughout all of this. Yeah, because, well, that's and that touches on something else too, which is that a lot of the people that work on these games are contractors. It's not like they have secured jobs and, you know, they'll have a hellish few months or weeks of crunch. A lot of them will go through this crunch and then their contract expires and they need to go look for another job. So just sorry, it's only tangentially related to what you were saying, I guess, but just in the terms of the mental health thing, like that's still a lot of pressure to put on them. And this crunch culture, again, there's more pressure put on them because they think maybe if they play along and they do what they're supposed to, they'll get to stay on permanently. And I'm sure some do, but again, it's just another source of stress for them. Yeah. And all this. One thing I really I'm confused by is that this game has been delayed multiple times already and the last time it was delayed it was supposed to come out in May if I recall correctly so at that time they said that the game was basically complete and all they had to do was refine some bugs and they've been refining these bugs I understand completely that there's you know because of the coronavirus situation and all that that maybe they had some issues working from home possibly but fixing up bugs doesn't sound like something that requires that much time like around six months of additional development i think that's you know i'm just an idiot i've made like i haven't made a, a single game in my life well other than alien john which was never finished you could google <laughs> that if you want that's like a real game i made nice but, I I'm an idiot, but I don't I don't think that a game that's been in development since 2013 was that when it started development was that when the trailer came out? Not sure. I know Witcher came out in 2015, so presumably like maybe they didn't start full fledged production until then. But I'm not sure when the first trailer was. Even s- still, like even if they started development in 2016, that's a, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, really. So I'm really confused. And also a bit of a controversy is that they've been removing features from this game. Um, uh, I don't yeah. know if you heard of this. Cyberpunk was announced in 2012. 2012. That's yeah. wow. That's about eight years possibly yeah. of development time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the game, for example, used to have wall running and they just removed that mechanic completely from the game it's not available anymore because uh they realized that players could just run up on walls infinitely i mean i'm an amateur game developer i've developed like for a couple of weeks you crunched on alan john or alien john or whatever it was called. yeah i i've <laughs> crunched a little bit on alien john and if i had that issue where you could run up a wall infinitely i feel like i could very easily fix that issue by putting up an invisible wall at a certain height. But then again, I'm not working at CD Projekt Red. Yeah, that might be more of a balancing where they want people to have freedom, but it was too hard to get like the proper level of freedom where they couldn't do game-breaking stuff, right? Like, it might have been a matter of, you know, 
the invisible walls might not have been enough because that might have been too restrictive for what they wanted to do. I think there was a, a large Reddit post uh, detailing every single feature that has been removed from the game during development. Uh, I, might, I might find that while somebody else talks about their opinion on Cyberpunk. Do you have any idea how many Google results I get when I Google Alien John? <laughs> Just uh, Google Alien John GBA temp. Okay, I'll do that. All right, Steven, what do you have to say while I do that? I was hoping it was going to be a bunch of Reddit posts looking for the fit, the final build of Alien John. <laughs> Just people have been clamoring for it for years. Um, I was going to say, uh, similar to the removal of features that Alan John was talking about, um, I remember reading that at some point during the production, they reduced the story a lot as well in the number of quests because uh, in Witcher 3, I think estimates are like it takes maybe 100 hours to like do everything in that game between possibly up to 200 depending on how much of a completionist you are and it was just too much for people to do people found it overwhelming there was too much content so they even made a point of like reducing the story elements in this game because it was too much and still it seems to be such a big game that it's taken them this long to squash all the bugs and to get everything sorted out i don't know it, it cd project red might it seems like maybe they're one of those companies that they need a like maybe they need better producers on hand to tell them no or to put limitations on them because they just have too many resources and too much money at this point to just do anything and they just make these like giant sprawling games that are maybe a bit too unwieldy for them to handle development wise and i mean i don't mean yeah because i'm not saying they're too big or unwieldy from a creative perspective because again by all accounts everybody loves their games but i don't know just for the sake of their workers and for the sake of keeping a consistent production schedule they might need to scale back slightly on their uh, ambitions okay yeah so i found the post and i was a little bit wrong it wasn't originally from reddit it was a 4chan post but the reddit post was like a counter argument to this entire post rebuting every single accusation that was made that specific features were removed so basically you know, uh, the 4chan post says car customization was removed, apartment customization was removed, wall running were, was removed, third-person cutscenes were removed, and so on, so on. While the Reddit post details like, okay, yeah, car customization, it's now like a loot system. It wasn't even in the game to begin with. Uh, wall running was just like a mid-to-late game upgrade anyways, so doesn't really matter if it was removed so yeah wall running was definitely removed and robot companion you used to be able to have a robot companion in the game but now you can't and what what you said about the storyline being cut down are you sure it was cut down because the only news i heard about the storyline being smaller was that it was smaller in comparison to witcher 3 because they realized that most people didn't actually finish Witcher 3 because of how large the story is. I'm one of those people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't explain it properly. I think that was sort of what I meant was in the initial, it wasn't like they had a whole bunch of stuff planned out and then cut it back. I, I sort of more meant, yeah, they made a point of like comparing it to Witcher 3 and reducing that, like bringing that down, maybe not being quite as ambitious as they would have been if they hadn't gotten that feedback from Witcher 3. Although then again, if that was based on reception to Witcher 3 and that didn't come out till 2015 and they announced this in 2012, then 
Maybe they did have to scale back from where they originally were, right? I mean, I just want people to know that I'm not a cyberpunk hater or a CD Projekt Red hater. I own most of their games, and I actually have a pre-order on Cyberpunk 2077. Like, this is probably the only game I've pre-ordered uh, other than... I don't know if you could call Minecraft a pre-order, but I bought that when it was in beta as well. And that's actually, returning back to that topic, it's kind of insane how I remember 10 years ago playing Minecraft back when it was a novelty browser game. Like, wow, you can move in 3D in a browser. Yeah, now, right? <laughs> that's insane. And now it's in Smash? And now it's worth billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, right? Unreal. No, it's not Unreal. It's like uh, on a custom Java-based engine. That's not. A... Oh, I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> it's about as real as square holes. <laughs> <laughs> if you jump into something and it makes a hole, unless you're a perfect square, how would it make us? Okay, we're not arguing about this. Okay. <laughs> Guys, Alien John is the coolest shit ever. Like, I'm I'm looking at the gameplay trailer for it. Oh my god. <laughs> Alien John and Smash? Dude, Alien prediction? John for Smash. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm watching the, the, the 2016 build. Wow. I mean, that's Real. pretty... Yeah. Oh, that was pretty four lit. years ago. That's pretty lit. Oh. Yeah, everything <laughs> in that game was made by me. Everything. Like, even down to the sound effects, I made them myself. Well, I'm not listening to that because I'm listening to oh, your lovely voices. You should the... The music's the best thing about that game. Okay, this is your assignment, Eric. I want you... Okay, forget about the bar exam. Forget about that. I want a 500-word essay about Alien John, why it failed, why it was great, and why <laughs> Alan John needs to return back to its development. Yeah, it'll it'll be titled Alien John, at least it's not E.T., <laughs> <laughs> can i just ask when you say you made the sound effects yourself in my head i'm picturing you doing them like recording them yourself being like pew, 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 boop, boop. like that's how i picture you doing the sound effects yourself and it sounds fucking kind of awesome actually i would play the shit out of alien john if that was how it worked <laughs> no it's kind of like how it worked i used uh, an oscillator and i used a pitch envelope and i on top of that i added a bit crusher you probably don't understand what I'm talking about, but somebody nope. who's listening to this probably does. So, yeah. All right. That's that. That's exciting. <laughs> I just hope the game comes out and it's good. Like, that's, that's all I care. I, okay, crunch time. At least these devs are being paid over time. All right. Uh, yeah, so this guy, he has been saying everything right up front where he said earlier there was definitely going to be no crunch, and then he had to backtrack on it, and he says... He's been doing really long hours as well, and, you know, deciding to do the crunch was, like, the worst decision he's ever had to make, and or the hardest decision, and all this stuff. Um, but the thing that I'm thinking about with this, and I sort of touched on earlier when I was talking about scaling back their ambition and all this other stuff, do you guys think that's viable for a lot of companies moving forward? Like, do you think audiences always expect more and more out of their games, and that's why this culture of crunch exists? And do you think there's a way to pair back audience expectations or for them to accept that it might take longer for a new sequel to come out if it means avoiding crunch like would people accept a witcher 4 that was only 30 to 50 hours long instead of 200 if it meant no crunch for cd project red or do you think we're just stuck in this cycle now of everything always has to be bigger and growing and on and on i would hope that people would be okay with having 
more realistic expectations and not constantly expecting ex- exponential growth like that. If it if The Witcher 4 is going to be 200 hours long and it takes twice as long to develop, I would prefer that over making workers hurt, you know. I'm for health above all else, so... It's really tough because there are a lot of people who aren't even necessarily aware of this. Like, you can take the moral position of, like, well, I'll support that game because they did have ethical work conditions. But most people playing The Witcher aren't necessarily following that. They might not, or certainly Cyberpunk probably has a broader appeal than The Witcher at this point, especially where it's going to launch on the new consoles. So, like, I don't know. Do you think, but, like, would the average person see that? And would they just be willing to accept a smaller Witcher title? Or, I don't know, because it really, like, it puts the whole crunch thing into a really difficult position, I guess. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get away from this as long as people always want bigger games. Yeah, I think you're right in a realistic sense that this is sort of how it's going to be, even though it's not necessarily how it has to be. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think any game being good is worth some of the horror stories you've heard from Crunch. Not necessarily from CD Projekt Red, but, you know, uh, like Rockstar and I believe Crystal Dynamics also had some big Crunch stories in the last year or so. It's a very good question. Like... I, I hope it's possible somehow to develop these games and improve upon like quality, story, uh, map design, gameplay without, you know, crunch time. Just have longer development cycles. I, I don't think anybody is really against that. Yeah, or I mean, this might be controversial. We might be going into a bad territory here, but you could say that, you know, just get bigger development teams and divert more money from the top down to the lower people, and then you get big you know, bigger development teams, more people to carry the load, and you don't need crunch, likely, but... You know, speaking of these big-budget games, uh, what I'd like to talk about is how, you know, people, companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars on this these huge games, and then, in the end, uh, the media cycle is just filled with games like uh, The Fall Guys and Among Us. Yeah, <laughs> which had like a budget of a burrito and like a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we were just talking about with Minecraft, you know? People like that came out in the early 2010s and that was probably around the new console cycle when that got like really, really big and, you know, mainstream publishers and the console, uh, the platform owners were trying to push, you know, more impressive graphics and bigger worlds and more story and, trying to tell people that that's what they wanted and that's probably what they thought consumers wanted. And it turns out what they wanted was a, you know, Lego simulator. And now lately, yeah, we've had the same thing with Fall Guys where people want these cute little guys competing in obstacle courses or whatever Fall Guys is. I haven't actually played it, but... Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Maybe it's just that the AAA game industry has convinced themselves that this is what people need and games need to keep being bigger and bigger and bigger. Or maybe they want to set the bar that high so that indie developers can't properly compete with them because they can't have those resources. But I don't know. I would be interested to see games almost try to be a little bit smaller. Because, I mean, there have been smaller games that have come out recently. God of War 2018 on the PS4 is a relatively small, focused game, and that did very well, didn't it? It did do very well. Yeah, so, I mean, if... I don't know. I think if studios were a little bit more willing to just not go so far over the top with their stuff, maybe they would be able to avoid this crunch. I don't know. And, yeah. I don't know. I'm sort of thinking out loud right now. I don't have a uh, specific idea of where I'm going with this. At least the uh, devs in CD Projekt Red, they're doing crunch, and 
they're working overtime basically at least they're getting paid for their overtime unlike some companies uh, I won't name any specific companies but you know some companies they don't pay uh, for overtime but they force their developers to work overtime so oh have you heard of the news of the guys from Blizzard making their own company Steve have you heard of this no I haven't tell me more <laughs> No, I, I thought you you were supposed to tell me because <laughs> I don't I didn't do any research at all about this topic. <laughs> Jeez, Stephen! Oh man, that's like that's like that's like he's like knock knock, and you're like nobody's here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, a couple of key people from Blizzard uh, have been trickling away from it after its acquisition from. Uh, after its acquisition by or did they merge or were they purchased by acquisition or by Activision? Sorry. <laughs> Are you asking me? Uh I am. They were they merged Blizzard merged with Activision a few years ago. Uh and again, we were talking earlier about certain companies that like people just think can do no wrong. Like uh, you know, Eric said Ubisoft can't do any wrong. People feel that way about CD Project Red. They felt that way about Steam for a long time. Or Valve, sorry. And Blizzard was kind of the same way, but recently I think people have been turning on Blizzard for various reasons, mainly, you know, stuff like the loot boxes in Overwatch and stuff like that, and the real money auction house in Blizzard, in, what was that game? Diablo 3, <laughs> and the whole Diablo mobile game fiasco. And well, they were just mad about that because they don't have phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so a few key people from uh, Blizzard have left and started their own... Well, I'm not entirely sure what it is. It's a company called Dreamhaven that has two studios working under it. So I'm not sure if Dreamhaven is supposed to be a parent company or a publisher. I'm looking at the announcement on their website right now, and there's nothing specific there. But uh, it's former CEO and co-founder of Blizzard Entertainment, Mike Morhaime, has it. Yeah. And uh, they have... His wife. Is his wife involved? Yeah. Okay. Amy. Yeah, and uh, so they have two studios right now, Moonshot and Secret Door, who uh, are being headed up by a bunch of former people from uh, Blizzard executive producers and developers, people that have worked on StarCraft and WarCraft and all the big games that people know Blizzard for, probably anything. A lot of their big computer games, I don't think uh, a lot of the console stuff like Overwatch or do they? They have a MOBA they do now, I think Blizzard does, like... I think what people think of as classic Blizzard is uh, what Dreamhaven seems to be doing. And there's still not a lot of information out about them yet. There's no like specific game projects they've announced or anything. But I thought this was really interesting. And it's sort of, it's almost, it almost feels like the company equivalent of like a Kickstarter revival of something. Like when uh, Inafune announced Mighty Number no. 9 because Capcom hadn't been doing anything with that IP. And so he that went. That went well. It did go. It went very well. And so he went right to the people and he said, hey, I'm going to do a brand new one and like get away from the big corporate, you know, mucking about and all this. And this sort of feels like these creative people and some business people, like I said, the former CEO is involved, uh, trying to do the same thing and get away from big corporate Activision. And uh, yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on this? I, I think this is kind of interesting and exciting. Well, I'm always glad when talented developers and people they break off from these toxic companies like Blizzard at some point was probably uh, the most well-loved company. But now recently, I think after its acquisition uh, by Activision, 
things things started going downhill uh, for it, you know. People have been asking for a long time for a new single-player Warcraft. That's not coming anytime soon, I think, just because of how much money uh, World of Warcraft makes. I think that's a factor, but what I'm saying is, you know, it, it's a lot better for these people to break off and start something of their own, pour some talent into something else. Like, at least they could work in an environment that's comfortable for them. So that's a great thing. I mean, I'm eager to see what uh, Dreamhaven could create because, you know, Blizzard would need some competition. I, is there any, like, Diablo competitor or WoW competitor? Not, like... On a major scale. Maybe Guild Wars 2? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, like, Guild Wars 2 is still going. It's probably the biggest MMO uh, other than World of Warcraft. I'd even say stuff like uh, Hearthstone doesn't have a lot of competition, right? Like, in terms of casual sort of, you know, card-based games. Maybe, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Maybe, like, Pokemon. (laughs) But not in the video game space. I don't know if any of those video games have... uh taken off much like the i mean obviously pokemon is big in the video game space but not their card game version yeah well uh dual links is pretty big in uh Yu-Gi-Oh, but oh is it okay nothing compared to um to hearthstone obviously yeah yeah i'm going to take this moment to tell people that this video is sponsored by raid shadow legends all right no, you just gotta no it's not no but hey raid shadow legends if you want to give me ten thousand dollars for a sponsorship hit me up uh what's my email uh do we have an email uh podcast at gbatem.net wait no it doesn't doesn't work wait let's go yeah. get that set up quick yeah. <laughs> where's cherry contact cherry right now people are going to be emailing that now yeah, there's there's not a ton to say about it, honestly, because they haven't announced anything specific yet. But it, it like I was saying, I, I just think it's exciting to see something that might be as beloved as Blizzard used to be, and to see a lot of these core people get away from it. Yeah, the last Blizzard game I played was Overwatch, and I completely abandoned it after the uh, Hong Kong controversy. I decided to boycott Blizzard, and after that, was, I didn't want to come back. Like. It was failing in my eyes, the competitive scene. It became, like, too competitive. I don't know. Yeah. I actually don't know that I've ever played a Blizzard game. As weirdly as excited as I was about this, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever played a single Blizzard game. I used to play Diablo 2 when I was a kid, and the only thing I remember about it is that uh, when I set up my character, my brother took the keyboard away from me and wrote in my name as uh, Gay. So that when I pulled up the when I pulled up the menu, it would it has your name and your class, and so it said "Gay Warrior" at the top of my screen every time I pause the game. It's my only memory of Blizzard, <laughs> and that's what I'm excited for with Dreamhaven Studios. I'm hoping they can recapture that feeling of being a small eight year old boy being bullied by your older brother. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> all I have to say about it is I think that the fact that all of these people are leaving the big evil Blizzard company is uber cool. I think that <laughs> Blizzard must have a chip on their shoulder and they Nintend don't need to go back to them. Anyway, did you guys hear about Nintendo and Uber chips recently? Wait, what? What happened? <laughs> that was a good one, right? So um, <laughs> I think Dreamhaven is going to be a blue chip stock in a few years. Oh, it definitely will. That's a good one. I didn't talk about stonks today. Uh, stocks are 
Well, stocks are down because Donald Trump has COVID. That's all I have to say about stocks. So, Nintendo, they want a lawsuit. Keep politics out of the f***ing video game podcast, Eric. God damn you. <laughs> Nintendo, they want a lawsuit. Uh, $2 million against uh, Uber Chips for selling the SXOS, which uh, I don't think many people on GBA Temp have ever heard of that, but it helps you do piracy things um, and other things, <laughs> but including piracy things, uh, which is bad. But Nintendo won a lawsuit, $2 million. It is going to... Actually, I'm not going to say that it's going to put Uber Chips out of business because I don't know if it will. But that happened. And that's pretty uh, interesting, wouldn't you guys say? Well, uh, uh, just on him getting, being put out of business, the stipulation also says that uh, he can't resell any more Team Executor products and anything left over either has to be handed over to Nintendo or destroyed. So I would say he's definitely out of that business at the very least. <laughs> Nintendo's not going to be able to go um, against the owner of Uber Chips. I forgot his name. Um, whatever. They're not going to be able to go up uh receive money from him personally because you know he's behind that llc of uber chips so if if anybody is worried that nintendo is beating up this poor guy and they're going to take his entire life away no they're probably just going to shut down his company for doing that thing that was illegal to do anyway so yeah i don't feel bad for the guy i think that he's going to be able to go home and cry uh, but still be able to eat. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my whole thing on it. I read uh, something on the internet saying that this was done as a scare tactic to other resellers, especially with the $2 million fine. It's not necessarily that Nintendo is actually going to get those $2 million. I mean, what's $2 million for Nintendo? They're just doing this in order to prevent other uh, people from trying to do this. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they're probably not going to get the $2 million, but this might be enough to, you know, if they're trying to enforce the settlement, they can, I mean, presumably foreclose on, on the company and then get all of its assets and stuff. So I, I don't know if that'll actually amount to the $2 million, but it's no, you're right. It's not about the money for them, but it is, they're definitely sending a message. And I mean, can you blame them? It kind of reminds me, uh, I think the same thing happened a couple of decades ago, maybe like one decade ago, maybe more, back when Nintendo sued R4 and uh, flashcard sellers for the original Nintendo DS. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, I remember that, yeah. I didn't know they got sued. Yeah, at some point... You could buy flash DS flashcards in retail stores at one point. I might be wrong. I might be pulling this out of my ass, but I think something like that, or maybe like on, you know, uh, major uh, websites like Amazon, you could buy those flashcards. But then Nintendo stepped in and was like, "Nope, you can't do that." And from that day on, you could only purchase uh, an R4 card through, you know online resellers from china and stuff like that uh, i think you can still get them on amazon i'm looking at one here uh <laughs> okay. a, uh, a gba flash cart that comes right from amazon yeah <laughs> oh wait no sorry it is it comes from a third-party seller but it's fulfilled by amazon so you're probably right yeah uh, that's 
after that, I think Nintendo even sued the original R4 company, uh, the first ones who made like a working proper DS flashcard. The R4 wasn't necessarily the first one. It was the first good one, I think. Yeah. Because other ones you had to connect it to your PC and it had like an LED that, uh, you know, lighted up. But R4, it had its own firmware and stuff like that. You could update it. And yeah, that was that was pretty cool at the time. But Nintendo stepped in and they were like, nope, you can't do that. And that was the only time they stepped in. Because after that, you got SuperCard, DS2, you got Ace Card, and they did not care about that at all. So that was weird. Maybe this is going to be the same. Maybe... Uh, at some point in the future, when we're in the second half of the Switch's life cycle, we're going to get a good, probably expensive uh, Switch flashcard, and Nintendo won't care as much. That probably won't happen, but, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so the other thing, there are other resellers of the SXOS uh, dongles that you can get, and... It seems like, so there's still a few up and running, I guess, like Eric was saying, that's probably a scare tactic to try and just get those guys to shut down. But, like, I don't know that this means anything major in the short term. And, I mean, there's still other uh, homebrew options besides that. You, you know, Atmosphere is still, anyone can do that without the need for third-party accessories. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what this means in the short or the long term, really. It's an interesting story for Nintendo to get this involved in it. Because but... Nintendo doesn't really want another PlayStation Portable situation. With the PSP, when it came out, it got hacked instantly. And with its Pandora battery exploit, with uh, Sony not being able to patch it up in time, being a cat and mouse game with the hackers always winning in the end. And in the end, Sony just gave up with the PSP and... Practically everybody who bought a PSP hacked it or modded it instantly because it, it was ridiculously easy to do so. In high school, that reminds me, I actually <laughs> hacked a couple of my friends' PSPs just because I enjoyed it so much. I did it for mine. I was like, guys, did you know you could do this? Oh, yeah. So they bring it to me. I'm like, all right, here you go. Here you go. I didn't charge it for it or anything. I just I just did it. It's funny because so... That's when I started making YouTube videos was how to hack PSPs. It's just and get emulators and stuff. It's just it was so cool as a high schooler being able to just easily do that. So thank you for your very exploitable PlayStation Portable, Sony. You really uh, made my life good <laughs> because of that. Yeah, set you on the path you're on now. Yeah. How weird then that you went into law school after that. You're working both sides of the system. <laughs> yeah, because then I always come out on top. Oh, actually, uh, if I can say something personal about that really quickly. So viewers, hi, listeners, hello again. Uh, I'm taking the bar exam uh, in, in three days. It'll actually be tomorrow from when this comes out. So Monday and Tuesday, the 5th and 6th. So if you could just give me good thoughts and prayers and whatever i'd appreciate that so because if i take that and i pass it i get to be a lawyer and then that'll be pretty friggin' dope so do that please thank you also download raid shadow legends using my code uh alexander no 
<laughs> can I just can I just double check? You only wanted the listeners to do that, right? Me and Alan John don't have to do anything. Right? You don't have to, but okay. Uh, thank you. All right, but those <laughs> people have to move on. To... <laughs> yeah. Now, good luck, buddy. Now, I'll give you my best wishes. Uh, you know, I'll give you my energy. I'm gonna be. You're gonna be like Goku. We're gonna be all the animals, all the living things in the universe, giving you your energy. The spirit yes. bar. Yes, spirit bar. <laughs> and then if you do that, maybe I could be just like Goku and be in the next Super Smash Bros. character <laughs> DLC. Speaking of which, have you guys heard about Steven uh, becoming part of <laughs> Yeah, just an endless looping podcast? Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay. So just doubling back. So here are going to be the, the, the next three Smash Bros. predictions. Steven... Okay. Because they already got Steve from Minecraft, they're going to get Steven from here, they're going to get me as Goku because you're giving me the bar exam energy, and they're going to have Alien John, alright? Yeah. So, <laughs> this is Steven, Goku, Alien John, signing out by Raid Shadow Legends today, and I love you. Douche that, and uh, <laughs> bleach your anally, and <laughs> just do everything. Sorry, you're a f***ing pervert, Eric. How dare you? I'm still <laughs> upset that you said that last week. <laughs> you're yeah. disgusting. I'm sorry. Good night, everyone. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, right after we finished recording, major news in the hacking scene broke out. Um, just posted by Cherry our own cherry on GBA temp that uh, the hackers from team executor have been arrested and they are charged in federal indictment. This is major, major big news in the scene. Uh, team executor, if it still even exists, I mean, uh, Eric unfortunately can't be here, which is a shame since well, he was extradited to the States to stand trial in the executor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to defend executor. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't say that, this, even though that is a joke. Oh, oh I was saying that he would, he got arrested along with them for being one of the oh, hackers. Nah, nah. Yeah, whatever. Nah. It's, it's one of those, I think. Uh, no, he's, of course, busy studying here uh, for the bar. Eric's got the bar on Monday, and he's, I believe that the bar is a serious exam, and you should definitely, definitely prepare for it. Now, getting back to the news, um, it says right here that, well, uh, one of our own, even, a GBA temp user, uh, Gary Bowser, known as uh, Gary Yapa on the forum, ha is now in custody which is uh, pretty insane. I'm on the Department of Justice website right now, and it says right here, two leaders of one of the world's most notorious video game piracy groups, Team Executor, have been arrested and are in custody facing charges filed in the U.S. District Court in Seattle. That's Seattle is Washington. So it's uh, Max Lowarn. 48, a, for, a French national of Avignon, France, uh, Yuning Shen, a Chinese national of Shenzhen, China, and Gary Bowser, which we've already mentioned, a Canadian national of Santa Domenico, Dominican Republic. Again, guys, this is s straight out of uh, 
um, the Department of Justice website. This is official, so it says right here that the Enterprise target targeted popular consoles such as the Nintendo Switch, which Team Executor is probably well known of. Uh, the Nintendo 3DS, which I'm, I'm not that familiar in, of their activity in the 3DS hacking scene. Uh, maybe Steven could elaborate on that. And also, they uh, seems to hacked the Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition, uh, and also the Sony PlayStation Classic, and the Microsoft Xbox. Is that supposed to be the original Xbox? I believe so, yeah. So there were uh, a few different projects they were involved in, and I don't believe it was known until now that it was definitely the same group. But yeah, they were behind Gateway 3DS, Stargate, True Blue Mini, oh. Classic 2 Magic, and uh, all the SX line for the Switch, which included SXOS, SX Pro, XS Lite, and the SX Core. Yeah, I remember now that they were they used to be part of Gateway before they formed a Team Executor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't, yeah, so I wasn't sure how much of that was public knowledge because I thought I saw a few people being surprised that the SX team was definitely part of some of those other projects. Maybe some of them were known and some weren't. So the charges, uh, these probably aren't charges, but these defendants, this is, this is what it says on the Department of Justice website, these defendants were allegedly leaders of a notorious international criminal group that reaped illegal profits for years by pirating video game technology of u.s companies now does is nintendo a u.s company uh i don't know well i know um isn't there uh isn't nintendo of america's headquarters in washington and this is being tried in seattle oh, yeah oh yeah you're right uh, Red, redmond washington i think right yeah, this is in Seattle. It might be. It might be how that works. It is hilarious that when we're discussing the lawsuit, we don't have, like, it's the one time we don't have the lawyer on the show with us. Yeah. It would have been nice. He would have had some idea about the legal system. Yeah, that, that is kind of sad, really. Yeah. Um, these defendants lined their pockets by stealing and selling the work of other video game developers, even going so far as to make customers pay a licensing fee to play stolen games. Now, I, this, this seems to imply that uh, they were selling, not selling, but redistributing ROMs. Did Executor do that? I honestly don't know because I have not. Uh, I used Atmosphere. Yeah, but you do did that just for educational purposes, not in order to pirate oh, anything. Yeah, good. Of course. <laughs> good. We just talked about Nintendo using scare tactics with that $2 million uh, lawsuit. Now, I think this is definitely not a scare tactic if they, uh, you know, arrested, well, not Nintendo directly, but... Uh, they definitely did something to get them arrested. I wonder how much of a tactic, scare tactic it might be against the developers of Atmosphere. I mean, if I was working on a similar homebrew uh, software right now, I would probably be taking a lot of notice of this situation. Now, Atmosphere is different because they're not. there's no product to buy for Atmosphere. There's yeah. no money involved anywhere in that process, so it's not exactly the same thing. But it is also interesting to note some of these charges because, I mean... I mean, some of them would apply to other um, to other homebrew software developers, but a lot of them don't seem like they do. Like, they've been uh, convicted of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, uh, 
and conspiracy to commit money laundering. So a lot of that does not seem totally connected with other software developers, although they have also been charged with conspiracy to circumvent technological technological measures and to traffic and circumvention devices and with trafficking and circumvention devices. So you, you think they'd be arrested if, if this was all just open source, if they didn't sell it, gave it out for free, the exploit? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure to Nintendo it doesn't make a difference whether or not uh, people are charging for this because it still facilitates the piracy of their software, but does it make it easier for the government to come in and arrest them? I, I honestly don't know. I would say, I would think not, but maybe it does. But I mean, has there ever been, like, is there a history of... Uh, homebrew developers being arrested like this? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Concerning like homebrew and custom firmware development, I don't think so. Uh, the only thing that gets into my mind were, you know, hackers who tried to access, you know, data servers and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. but not something like this. Uh, of course, there have been arrests of people redistributing copyrighted material, ROMs, uh, and stuff like that, but uh, yeah. not like this, really. Well, this is actually kind of crazy. It, it says right here that uh, they were arrested, Loron and Bowser, in connection to t the charges with this case back in September. So that was a couple of days ago, at least. And yeah. um, the United States will seek Lauren's extradition to stand trial in the United States. So Lauren, Lauren is uh, a French national, so he's probably in France trying to get extradited. And also, uh, Gary Bowser was arrested and deported from the Dominican Republic and appeared today in federal court in New Jersey. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like, uh, somebody who lives in the Dominican Republic, they could arrest you and deport you to Seattle, Washington, to trial you for crimes against a company based in another country. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. I mean, not saying that uh, it was wrong, but I don't know who's yeah. to say. I would be curious about, yeah, exactly when they were arrested, because the report on the Department of Justice website does just say September 2020. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how long the um, that extradition case was in order to get him deported from the Dominican Republic. This case is being investigated jointly by the FBI and Homeland Security. Yeah, Homeland Security. Homeland Security is interesting. <laughs> I mean... Do they honestly think that team executor danger to Homeland Security? Like, what are they going to do? Hack? <laughs> oh, these guys can hack a switch? Shit, they could probably hack nuclear power plants. <laughs> Maybe they're putting, you know, Chinese spyware in with their uh, SXOS dongles and spying on people through their switches. Yeah, a third of the team is based in Shenzhen, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. They could be uh, getting all kinds of personal information on you from your Animal Crossing save. Yep. <laughs> it's a good thing these guys are in jail. I mean, I already feel safer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is such... Yeah, this is 
big news and it's hard to know what to make of this yes one thing i could say for sure is that we're gonna be keeping an eye on this and uh so will be our max staff so we're gonna keep you guys updated on any news about this case ongoing and uh, i wonder what's gonna happen to the team executor I mean, is the Switch hack just not going to be available anymore? Are they going to make it free for everyone? Uh, I wonder. I don't know. We'll probably we'll try to have uh, updated thoughts from Eric at the beginning of next week's show, too, so that someone with some legal knowledge can say something other than, I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> After he passes the bar, he's going to be able to give his thoughts about this as a professional, I think, if he passes the bar, right? That makes him a lawyer, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so, in whatever state he's in. But I guess he can still comment on the cases in other states. We could probably start, well, we might start to have to pay him to be on the show as, like, a legal <laughs> consultant at this point. I mean, we'd have to, I mean, yeah, yeah I think that's how the law works. All right. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the Tempcast and this addendum. Tempcast 7.8, final chapter prologue. The, fu- the final chapter this is the, the uh, episode 7 DLC right here <laughs> yeah uh, thanks for listening and good night good night